Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds North, the premier form of video game show, hosted by two brothers and a third guy, only live from Simon's main floor, Adam's basement, and Matt's basement, I'm assuming. It is a basement day. Outside. Outstanding. I am your father's son and the goalie host, Simon Pazor, joined in solidarity with my faithful squad mates, Matthew Menier and Adam Pazor. How are we doing, lads? We're doing okay. We're doing, uh, school is done, and now it is the marking phase, which is always exhausting uh google play schools up for summer <laughs> exactly uh schools out, yeah summer all like week of it that's left yeah exactly i mean they say summer goes until september 21st but does it it's just until september 1st huh yeah we all know we know the cycles of the moon pretend that we don't know but we know matt <laughs> yeah how's your summer uh pretty good i mean i just got absolutely wrecked in a sports game by a bunch of teenagers a couple days after my 30th birthday so uh you know? <laughs> so you feel old is what you're telling me <laughs> yeah oh my knees certainly do um <laughs> no but you know gen- generally pretty good it was still fun great that's really and fun's like the really important part. actually we adam and i are in the finals of our hockey beer league and I'm only telling you and the people out there this because we were going, I was driving to the semifinals and I noticed that my mom texted me, have fun, which is very nice. But I said, mom, fun is for the regular season. <laughs> we're hoping to win. Yeah. <laughs> fun is not good enough. I would take an unhappy win over a fun loss right now. This yeah. is the real shit. But we had a fun win. Anyway. That was the that was the best part. We did end up having a fun win. Yeah, that was the good part. And then uh, in two days, hopefully, it will be another win. Yeah. Speaking of days, exactly one month ago today, we uploaded our previous episode, hyping up Barbenheimer. We didn't talk for shit about Baldur's Gate, which is now <laughs> going to consume our lives. Little did we know. We were like the dinosaurs. We had no clue that the asteroid was coming. But we did talk about Baldur's Gate or uh, Barbenheimer. And then two of us saw at least half of it. Did we get Matt? Did you see both? I have not seen both. Uh, I'm going to see Oppenheimer tomorrow. There you go. Okay, so literally we've seen half of between the three of us. We have half a Barbenheimer. Adam seen <laughs> neither. Right. You've seen one, and I've seen both. But I'm very happy that I got my uh, incredible uh, fondness for Greta Gerwig out in the previous episode. It just feels good now that the movie has made a fucking billion dollars to have, like, got that on the record before that happened that I thought it was going to be a giga success, and I am a big fan of all her work. So, very pleased with that. I think, well, we got to talk at least Barbie then, uh, for at least a little bit, because what a cultural phenomenon that became. I said uh, my review of the two, I'm pretty sure I sent it to this group and said to every, like, group chat that I was in. It was the meme of... The guys from Top Gear going, this is brilliant, pointing at Oppenheimer. But I like this. <laughs> and oh, I'm yeah. pointing at Barbie. So it was like Oppenheimer, like that was cinema. That was like a steak dinner that was well prepared. That was known as like firing on all cylinders. It made you feel like depths of emotions that you don't normally feel. It was like just such a fucking movie. So like incredible in that way. Respect is like Max. But was it fun? Wouldn't call it fun. Barbie was a ton of fucking fun. <laughs> Barbie was so fun. So if I had to see one of them again, 
it would be Barbie twice because you can do that in the running time of Oppenheimer, I think. Yeah, I have done Barbie twice now, and it was great both times. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I went I went on my birthday with my mom to see Barbie, Ooh. and uh, she loved it. She cried at the end. Although on in, on the parking lot talk on the way out, she's like, I don't know if dad would like this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of people leaving that movie being like, this is really great, but I can't tell my partner about this. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't think it's I don't to, to defend my dad. I don't think it's because of like the usual reasons why people are against it. I think he just doesn't really like that kind of humor. Like he would just not right. find any of the jokes funny, <laughs> not for any of the stupid reasons people don't like it. But of course, he's not not because he's Ben Shapiro, but just because it's a it's a very stylized movie. Yeah, it is a super stylized movie. If like pretty quickly, I think if you're like, and I obviously I hope everyone's on board with it, but I think pretty quickly, I honestly I think that's probably why they were so genius to release what feels like a full scene in advance, right? Like I remember when I watched, it, I felt kind of like I was watching Endgame, and that all the trailers were from the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like before the movie started, I had already seen start to finish that entire scene on the beach, right? He goes, oh yeah, like, and the initial beach teaser. Off. I think was just straight up the opening scene of the movie start to finish. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So like you had plenty of time. Like, I mean, this is obviously one of the great marketing stunts in all of history, but you had plenty of time to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You have plenty of time to figure out whether or not you're going to be on board with this movie before you went and saw it. Yeah. Clearly. Although or to both, attune yourself to it. Yeah. Although both times I went, I still couldn't help but wondering every time I saw a parent with like a six or seven year old kid wandering into the theater. It's like, do you know what th- what this is going to be? Because <laughs> even before I saw it the first movie. time, I had a pretty clear idea of what it was. Like, this is not like Disney Channel original Barbie. This is Greta Gerwig's Barbie. It's rated PG-13. <laughs> it's yeah. as much as it's about a toy. It's really like it's not inappropriate for kids, but it's definitely not for kids. You know, my mom said on the way out, she's like, I loved it. I don't know how much the little kid sitting next to me got out of it, though. It's, uh, there's going to be plenty of confused parents if they didn't, I mean, it's kind of their own fault. It was like very, I think very well communicated. So you're kind of your own fault if you go into it and, uh, and don't know, but I'm sure there were still many people who went into it and were just like, oh, this is not what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a, a few walkouts of that. Speaking of the walk-ins, did you, in what, in what capacity did your group dress up for Barbie? Did you embrace your Kennergy? Because I know I talked explicitly about my Kennergy last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I went the first time with my fiance, and she wore, she wore like all pink, and I wore um, goes like with everything. Oh yeah, I wore like a Hawaiian shirt and uh, some other like brightly colored pants. I can't remember exactly, but we were, we were very in uh, in the mood. My mom was saying she she felt bad because she didn't really have any enough anything that was like pink enough she kind of had like a gray top that had some like pink highlights and that was the best she could do um but uh but yeah the the outfits are great even like you know it's been out for 
I don't, like, I don't know exactly, but like a month or something now. And It's about for exactly a month because we're recording this one month right, after yeah. the last episode. And last episode came out when it came out. So yeah. exactly but, one month today. Yeah. But there's still like full groups of people head to toe pink like a month after it came out. I kind of thought it would maybe be just for the opening weekend sort of thing. But like people no. are still going for it. Yeah. I remember after work, uh, like last week or the week before. I, uh, a, a coworker of mine texted me and said, Hey, there's a new like bar that opened up down the street. Do you want to go check it out? Just have a drink. And so I did indeed go for a drink. And uh, we saw like a bunch of people walking by wearing pink and we're like, what is, Oh, bar- yeah, Barbie. Like, but it just wasn't, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just would seem like it would be so weird and any, any other time it would be, but there's, and it, like, I think it just proves that it's one of those things where just people just kind of like to dress up. Like we get to dress normally the entire time. I remember hearing that actually from one of Adam's friends, because we all had to wear high suits in high school. That like at the time it was annoying because you have to wear a suit. But now if you get to dress up and put on a suit, it's kind of fun and exciting, right? Like when it's just a different thing. Mm-hmm. I still hate just it. Just need an excuse. <laughs> now, Matt, you're truly dedicated. You went for the ultimate excuse to wear a suit. You're getting married, which <laughs> yes. is really the ultimate suit occasion. Don't let your fiance <laughs> hear that I said the part of the wedding is to put on a suit. But anyway, here's the thing. When I left the Barbie movie, one of the things that I thought, and I couldn't tell if this is just the internalized patriarch here, toxic masculinity or whatever, that like now I'm suddenly so aware of like an enlightened state after the Barbie movie. But I truly thought, and this is one of the things I would say quietly, would be, I think Ryan Gosling outperformed Margot Robbie in that movie. Which feels weird, because he's Ken. He's just Ken. He's an accessory. It's the plot of the movie. And yet, the way I've compared it to people is that it's like uh, Will Turner and Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. Does Orlando Bloom do a bad job? No. Orlando Bloom does a very good job, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time. But he doesn't have as much to do as Jack does, and Johnny Depp kills it. Like, Ryan Gosling, he sat down at the buffet and he ate. But it was also, like, I think a bigger role, like... I think that Margot as Barbie had to do a little it's it's tough I don't want to say she had less to do but she had like specific moments that she had to hit and she hit them but Gosling is like he came he like shot out of a can and he's so different from anything we've ever seen before yeah well it's sort of like Ken has the big sort of bombastic moments like on on second watch um like I was Margot Robbie is fantastic in this movie but her kind of big acting moments are like smaller, more subtle things, um, you yeah. know, like sitting on the bench and seeing the old woman, like those, those kind of things, like her best moments are sort of the quiet parts um, where Ryan Gosling gets to, you know, sing a song and have like a five minute dance battle and like all this like over the top kind of ridiculous things. Um, and, you know, like Ryan uh Ken and um, America Ferrera's character sort of have the biggest acting moments in the movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah. it it sort of feels bad in a movie in a movie where the the themes are are so specific this way that like Ryan Gosling is the one who's sort of coming off with all the attention. Um, but he he just has the bigger moments. Although yeah, on a second watch, Margot Robbie, I noticed a lot more sort of like really really excellent kind of small stuff. But yeah, like Ken's, I mean he just goes to 11 so many times he can't help but stick out exactly yeah it's 
That's such a good way to put it. In a way, like, I, I think, could Margot Robbie be nominated for the Best Actress? Like, she could. I haven't seen the rest of the nominations, but it would kind of, like, it's one of those, like, depends on the year type things. But there's yeah. no question. That, I don't know that, that, that there's Gosling enough. Yeah, I don't know if there's enough, like, like, sometimes you'll get nominations where it's just, like, n- nothing, like, super over the top. It's just, like, excellent all the way through. But I feel like it tends to, like, help if you have some kind of, like, big dramatic um kind of kind of thing you know like yeah. if if barbie had america ferrera's speech that would like help that sort of cause you know what i mean yep exactly also like legitimately one of the funniest movies i've seen in a very long time like the, the oh the jokes are so good so exceptional yeah like there's a, a couple things that had me absolutely gut laugh and like our belly laughing is the phrase and i've watched like a fair amount of comments that they actually can just the other day was like i'm in the mood for a dumb comedy and like there's also that quote from that adam devine not adam levine adam devine divine i think is actually his name um the guy from uh, workaholics and he did a quote the other day that got like taken out of context and got viral on twitter but basically there's a lot of people are concerned there's no mid-budget comedies in the way that there were like 10 years ago because right. when i was googling lists of best comedy just so i could find something to watch a lot of them are like, and in 2018, the best com- uh, comedy of the year was Parasite. I'm like, wait, just because it wasn't serious the entire time doesn't make it a comedy. Doesn't mean that's a comedy. Yeah, it's the classic so, Martian winning the Golden Globe for best comedy. Exactly. Like, yeah. So if you, exactly, exactly. So if you uh, take away stuff like that and like superhero movies that are also funny or like Fast and Furious, it's also funny. The list of fucking comedy movies that come out every year is tiny. This year, the big one was that Jennifer Lawrence vehicle. But aside from that, I think this movie actually like legitimately succeeds in the sort of like Ragnarok. I honestly believe that, that it's like, I got a good message and it's good beyond that. But if you wanted to watch it purely as a comedy, I think you'd laugh enough to get your money's worth. Yeah. I think I like, I struggle to call it a comedy, but I don't know what else it would be more than that. You know, it's, it's one of those movies that it really kind of succeeds in all of its aspects even just you know within comedy it has great like prop comedy great physical comedy um it's just really well written there's good clever jokes there's good stupid jokes like it it really encapsulates the whole thing but then it's also incredibly heartfelt and and touching like i i nearly cried like two or three times um, watching this movie my mom did cry um it it's it's really shocking actually how well it nails so many different aspects agreed and adam i want to flip it to you to see if this is like because i know you're just like not that much of a theater person so if this is gonna be something you're gonna watch when it comes out but the thing that i'll also give you as a prep to like wet your whistle on the comedy thing is because i watch a lot of comedies i've like I, i try not to be a boomer for a lot of things but old comedy is just straight up better like, it's, it's done better. It's not just Seth Rogen or Will Ferrell, whose movies I love, sitting around saying funny things at each other when they also clearly know that it's funny, right? Like, that's, like, a lot of modern stuff. It's just kind of, like, SNL, like, they're just riffing off each other. Yeah, not just, like, people doing stand-up back and forth at each other. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Real comedy should be about the situation, and the characters should be playing it perfectly straight. Yes. Right? It should not be funny to the characters. That's why it works in one of my, I think Adam would agree... I think one of the top three comedies of all time for me personally, Clue. Yeah. 
Like, it's one it's, of the funniest movies so I've ever seen. And they think they're about to die. So yeah. it's like they're not in on the joke whatsoever. It's purely funny for you. Barbie is the same way. I think they set up situations that are inherently funny. And then it's also funny because of how earnestly the characters are taking it with a couple like key jab. There's one particular jab. We won't spoil it at all, Matt, but there's one particular jab from like left field, right? That I think got the biggest laugh of the, uh, of the whole movie. And you, if it was done less perfectly, you could almost say that it undercut an emotional moment. If you know which one I'm talking about, but because it was sure, like, yeah. it was done so perfectly here. I'm going to text you it and then I'll edit this part out. Oh, Sorry. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that moment. That Ama- moment is uh, yeah, ama- I think amazing joke. But like I've heard you say so many times in these type of movies that you don't like when they undercut. That joke does kind of undercut, and yet it's they somehow threaded the needle. Like you didn't think it was possible, but they did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like because I think the joke isn't as Marvel tends to do it as, as I have complained about. It's not like necessarily like diminishing the thing that's happening. It's just like. Hey, there's also a really funny joke in this emotional scene. Actually, I mean, with your help, I've I think I've put it together. It's it's like based basically just mix what you just said with what I just said. It's the reason is because the the joke is not something that the characters find a joke. The joke is only for us, as opposed to in Marvel when it's literally said to Thor, and like that wouldn't make any sense for him. Not you know what I mean? Yeah, they're not like making fun of the situation exactly exactly they're not making fun of the situation so that's that's how you do it taika who apparently has signed on for thor 5 and people are upset it's like man he had one fuck up after we all loved ragnarok and his other movies are great so okay i mean i let's just chill adam can we not sell barbie to (laughs) can we just let that we don't need any more we're done um but uh, like, have him come back for Secret Wars. I agree. He could just totally like bring Chris Hemsworth back for like a big event. Oh and yeah, then he gets that's a huge fine. Cheer, and that could be his career for the next like twenty years. Yeah, we don't need more. Thor yeah. movies. But anyway, um, but I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I was never against the idea of seeing it. I just, I, you know, I don't make a point to go out and see movies. So it's just sort of if it happens, it happens. But, like, I mean, yeah, I, I think I, I've heard just sort of wild stories from everyone I've seen who's or everyone I've talked to who's seen it and yeah, I get a lot, basically everything you guys said is that it's really funny. It's really well put together. It's very emotional. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I will certainly give it a shot. I mean, but it's just, and it like the comedy thing is appealing because yes, there aren't a lot of, of straight comedies. Although one thing I will say in regards to that is it can be okay. If the characters are in on the joke in the right circumstances like i agree with you i think the the seth rogan will ferrell style of it is is a bit tired but like the the movie like if you asked me to name the best comedies i've ever seen like even if the list is just the top 10 i probably name all three austin powers movies in there and they are a hundred percent in on the joke um true yeah and that's like that's a true that's a way more dedicated comedy than this is of course but yeah. yeah And that's, um, and also like, just as a weird sidebar, Beyonce, really good in gold member. Yeah. Like she was really good. And then it's, it's weird. Actually, one of the things we've done in the last month is we, we watched, uh, 
a couple remakes because Kiana said like all the Disney remakes are bad because like we were getting ready to watch The Little Mermaid when it came out. Yeah. I'm like, hold on. They're not all bad. The Jungle Book was good, but it was also the first one and they proceeded to get worse over time after that. Like they forgot what they did in the jungle. Like they nailed it right out the gate. And then it culminated in us watching The Lion King where I literally had the actual Lion King on a laptop to be, and I'm sorry, Kiana, so fucking obnoxious I was, to be like, <laughs> look at how much better this scene is than the one that made an impact on my childhood. Yeah, just like, just stayed up terrible. But I bring that up because Beyonce, I think, forgot how to act because she's not particularly great in The Lion King. Yeah, Although, yeah, I mean, yeah, that one was rough. Also, not to um actually you, but Cinderella was actually the first one. Right, I, okay. But so, no one knew it existed. Exactly. Wait, exactly. they did a it felt like Cinderella it was just a, remake? They yeah. did with, uh, oh my God. Uh, shit, I'm blanking her name. Lily Collins, right? Lily something? Lily James, I think. Lily James, Lily James. You're exactly right, and normally I say that, so well well done, I'm actually that. I appreciate that. It's just, I, I just thought that that was like a Cinderella movie they make, and then the other ones I thought were like clear, like, remakes. You know what yeah, I mean? well, that was sort of like, yes, it was Lily James, I just checked. Um that was the first few i think there was sort of like hey let's like just remake this movie as if we were kind of making it from scratch and then when not that cinderella is not beloved but when they got into sort of like at least amongst our generation what are like the really beloved ones i feel like they just got scared to do anything different where you get to the lion king where it's like nearly shot for shot like it's like what why even bother at this point yeah especially because it's shot for shot but it's half an hour longer and, like, The Little Mermaid, which, by the way, was fine. It was, like, the most fine of all, which for the remakes is a compliment. Yeah. Uh, but it's still, like, half an hour longer. It's, like, how do you have what's, like, universally agreed on is basically a perfect movie. You've got this collection of, like, eight of them, and you somehow think that you need to add half an hour to these? What? Not unless you're telling a different story. Especially you know? when they're, like, yeah, and especially when they're heavy CG. It's, like, how much does that... How many dollars is that? It's got to be like a million a minute, like at least, right? Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, speaking of movies, uh, and I do want to hit up you guys before we get to the main event. Speaking of movies that I've seen lately, I also watched uh, The Haunted Mansion, the uh, air quotes remake. It would be a remake, I think, in the same way that Cinderella was. It was more like just another shot at making a Haunted Mansion movie. And it was like, uh, it was it was fine. It was okay. It was like a... Baby's first horror movie. It's like basically the ride, the movie. Like it's, I they found a way to fit more stuff than I could have ever feasibly thought possible from the ride into the movie while it's still like functioning. Like it's it it's a functional movie, which is more than some uh, things can say. I also have either of you guys seen two thousand one A Space Odyssey? I have not actually. I don't think so. I think only I only know it by reputation. I don't think I've ever actually watched it. Right. Me too. This movie came out in 1968. The moon landing happened in 1969. Are you guys comfortable if I spoil 2001 A Space Odyssey? Yeah, it's our own fault at this point. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Because it's remarkable. So let me first be honest with you for the first time I can. We were on substances when we were watching 2001 A Space Odyssey. And it was because I believe you're supposed to, right? <laughs> the beginning of Barbie, I... I like I that's not a joke. I mean I understand that what I said is funny. I'm also being dead serious. I think Stanley Kubrick would be against you watching that movie sober. And furthermore, I believe that I was on the wrong substances. There's it's a two and a half hour movie 
there's I'm not fucking with you. There are I watched an interview. There's 45 minutes of dialogue. So the movie starts off with three minutes of sound that it plays at you to the point where we're like, is something wrong with my TV? Nope. And then, and this is what we didn't know. This is the part that's in Barbie. It starts off with monkeys. And I had seen that before. I've seen the famous clip of the monkey that throws the bone up into the air and then it turns into like a spaceship and just will be like, ah, technology. Look how humans have advanced, right? Yeah. Uh, filmmakers just fucking love that shit. What they don't tell you is that it's not 30 seconds like it is in Barbie. I thought it was exactly what is in Barbie. That was what was in 2001. It's 20 minutes. Oh, my God. 20 20 minutes of monkey fighting. Like, there's no... I mean, humans debatable. Eventually, a monkey finds a bone. It's just playing, like, the most aggressive, unbelievable, like... um, I say horny, but not, like, sexual, like, tons of fucking horns, like, classical music at you. I should have looked up the songs. But it's the same songs that are in Barbie. Like, I think Fight of the Valkyries or something like that. Like, that vibe is frequently in this movie. Mm. There's, something like, long... Something, Zarathustra. I forget the first word. Exactly. There's, like, these long periods of just spacey images. So, once again, like, we were... Whatever substances they want you to be on, I don't think we could acquire... Let's phrase like that. And then, so, and I thought this movie was about an evil robot, right? Actually, this is something fun. One of my all-time favorite podcasts, they haven't done an episode that I wanted to listen to in a long time. It's called Missing Frames. We're going to adopt, like, a little version of that right now. Maybe we'll do it in the future if it's fun. But he always, they find a classic movie, they interview people with what they think it's about, and then they watch the movie, and then they see if they were correct. So before I tell you what happens in 2001 a space odyssey i want to know what you guys think happens in 2001 a space odyssey okay uh to the best of of my meme exposure there i know there is a a sort of an ai or an alien intelligence involved and i think there's like a there's a dude's like fixing a spaceship and like the line that everybody knows is i'm sorry hal i can't let you do that um, which is the point at which the the monolith is is taking over. But I I also seem to remember hearing that it's not evil. But yeah, like again, I don't know. <laughs> is the short answer. I have bits and pieces, but I don't know. Yeah, I think I know even less than that. Um, my understanding of it was that there is. A person or are people on a spaceship slash station um, and there is some kind of evil AI on the on the ship and that's okay. really about it that's I mean I was somewhere between the two of you I knew there was a ship I knew there was an evil AI I know from the epic rap battle that his name is Hal 9000 like Adam I knew the line is uh, and it's, it's I think it's one of those things it's like uh like the Darth Vader line, right? Like, Adam, yeah. you were so close, and I think you're what the internet thinks, but the exact line is, I'm sorry, Dave, because Dave. Hal is the robot. Sorry, Dave is the Dave the is thing, the guy. The thing, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that. Right, yes. That's how he says. But uh, either way, you had the you had the thing. So the movie starts off with, like, the monkeys, they discover a monolith, and that's what eventually leads the monkeys out, not Hal. So one of you said the word monolith, and that made me think I monolith. said the word monolith, yeah. 
Okay, so not Hal, although Hal does look like a monolith because that's how he's pictured in the thing. And then it's like vaguely following the concept of these monoliths. So then you jump forward into the future. Now we're in the space age. And there's like been some sort of shutdown on the moon. So you meet a guy and he's like traveling to the moon and people are worried about it. And then uh, you get to the moon and you see this monolith. There's like a high pitched sound. And then it jumps forward again. So this is like, we're like easily an hour into the movie. And now you meet the three guys, Dave, the other guy who dies, and Hal. And they explain that they're on a ship that has, like, way more people than that, and they're going to Jupiter. So, again, the movie just jumps around, just like, all right, I guess, guess we're going to Jupiter. And I know I'm, like, kind of blatantly making fun of one of the most beloved movies of all time, but I feel like you need to be warned if you go into this movie. You can't just go into it thinking, like, if you watch Alien, like, that's, that movie still makes sense, even though it's a great space movie. This is not that, okay? So they're going, and then they, they talk about... This is how early computers were at this time. They keep talking about how has never made a computational mistake. I'm like, a fucking calculator on a watch has never made a computational mistake. Imagine what they thought was impressive back then. But how uh, comes up with an error, or like the, they have to go fix an antenna, and then how comes up with an answer that's different from the how that's on Earth does. So then Earth is like, hey, maybe you should check on your Hal. And then this is another famous scene. They, the two guys, they go into like an escape pod. They say they have to fix it. But it's just so that they can uh, get away from Hal because Hal's listening to them. They want to plot like how to handle it if Hal's gone rogue. And then this is the famous scene is you see them talking back and forth. It's just a long one shot with Hal in the background. And then it cuts to Hal uh, just looking at their lips. So clearly he's reading their lips. So he knows exactly that they're planning to kill him. So then, and this is the spoiler part, you all been warned, the movie came out in 1968 for five, which, by the way, this is one of the most incredible looking movies I've ever seen. Like, just the, the effects they were able to do in fucking 68 is unbelievable how good the space looks and still looks with the miniatures. Like, no wonder they thought Kubrick did the moon landing. It's, it, it, it's beyond question why they would think he did, because he just fucking nailed it the year before. Can't even imagine what that would be like now. Anyway, so I'm about to tell you the final scenes in the movie I'm not fucking with you. These are the things that happen, okay? One of the guys goes out in a space walk. Did I lose you guys? Or are you still here? No, we're still here. Carry on. Okay, I just got to continue because I did lose internet earlier. Okay, <laughs> these are the things that happen. One of the guys goes out for a space walk. Hal sabotages his suit. He dies. He's like floating through space. The other guy hops like a little RC thing, like a little robot goes and retrieves the guy and tries to, the dead guy, and tries to bring his body back on board. Hal drops his famous line, I'm sorry, Dave, I'm afraid I can't let you do that, as in come back on board. And so then Dave, like, ram, like ditches the other guy's body, pushes basically his ship against the space lock, opens up his ship, or against the airlock, manually forces himself through the airlock, essentially, gets on board, and then with 45 minutes left in the movie, kills Hal. And I was like, what? I thought Hal's the big bad guy. So then Hal goes out singing Daisy Bell, which is a little freaky, and a recording that comes and says, hey, you're actually going to Jupiter because we found a monolith on, Mar on uh, the moon from earlier in the movie, and it's been sending information to Jupiter. So you're going to go figure out what the fuck's happening there. So then you get to near Jupiter. You go into the monolith, which doesn't seem like it makes sense, but apparently it's a wormhole. You're hit with at least five, maybe ten minutes of trippy imagery. And so this is the part that I think you need potent, potent mushrooms to understand. Because it's a, it's a long period of time. 
he then finds himself in a, like an Elizabethan style house. Everything's pure white. He goes into the bathroom. He looks in the mirror. He sees himself. He sees that he's old now. He walks into a different room. He sees someone sitting at a table. The person at the table gets up, walks behind as if they're going to run into each other. Then it turns out the person at the table is him. Now the spacesuit version of him is gone. He's also old at the table. And then he sits down. He starts eating the food at the table. He knocks over a glass. Then all of a sudden there's a bed behind him. And then he looks in the bed and there's like a version of him in the bed. And then him at the table disappears. Then it goes to him on the bed. He points up. Then the monolith is there in front of the bed, like a giant flash drive. He points at the monolith. The camera goes to the monolith. Then it goes back to him. He's a baby now. And the next shot is that like triumphant score thing that we all know from this movie of the baby looking at Earth. You know, da 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 as the baby stares at earth and there was i don't think any audio for 45 minutes after he killed or any uh, dialogue after he killed hal this is all just images and sounds make sense of that okay um so i owe christopher nolan an apology that makes interstellar sound downright comprehensible Yeah, and, like, no one knows what it means. There's a book that they wrote after the movie came out. Like, he teamed up with an author, so he made his movie, and then they made, like, a book. And the book explains it a little more, but explaining this to someone, because Kiana fell asleep during it, so I, the next day I had to explain what happened in the ending, and she thought I was out of my mind. It's like, wait, so there was ten minutes of imagery, and then he was on Jupiter, and then he saw himself, and then he was a baby? Yes. That's correct. <laughs> So yeah, why not? One of the greatest movies ever, I guess. It's kind of how I feel about Oppenheimer. Like I respect it more than I enjoy it, to be honest. Anyway, that's that's long enough. Speaking of things that we respect even as we enjoy them, Baldur's Gate. Whew. Clearly, this is episode one of several on Baldur's Gate. Uh, I need to pass the mic to somebody else. Adam, so you've probably entered Act 2. Have you gotten the achievement I, for I, done Act 1? I have entered Act 2, yes. Okay, and Matt, I assume you've, you're in Act 2. Yes, I am. So, for the sake of spoilers, I am i haven't gotten to the Moonlight Towers, but I'm, like, finishing up everything in the mountain area, and I'm pretty sure I've done everything in the Underdark. Yeah, I'm, I'm in... Sort of, actually, I'm in a similar boat. Um, I have... I dipped into the mountain... And then I went back to the Underdark, and I'm sort of in the process of clearing that out. I'm in the temple right now. Okay. So I'm dealing with all of that nonsense. I just picked a fight with the uh, Yankee captain and then the Inquisitor, because they had the Mace of Lathander that I wanted. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have that mace now. That was, in fact, yeah. the entire reason... Like, I went up to the mountain because I'm like, I'm a gith. I want to go talk to the gith. And then when that went poorly, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not leaving here empty handed. Ooh, what's this thing? I'm going to get it and then leave. There you go. So I will. We should just talk about our save files. I'll set it up. I'm going to give a brief intro. I'll, I'll flip it to you, Adam. And then I want you to flip it to Matt because I want to not talk for a while after <laughs> talking about 2001 for forever. 
Baldur's Gate, it's the original came out, I think, 23 years ago. The first two were done by Bioware. Beloved, beloved, beloved games by the 10 people who played them back when Bioware was like the kings, right? And uh, they're beloved games. Then it's made, uh, a new one is made by Larian Studios who have been putting in the work making Divinity Original Sin, which a lot of people like Matt really truly love. And then it came out of, not nowhere, because the game's been in early access. But this is like an event game. This is like, I mean, I watched the most recent Act Man video on it. And uh, he had a number of interesting facts about Baldur's Gate. My favorite one was on the Saturday after it came out, 23% or sorry, 28% of this total Steam playing time was just Baldur's Gate. Oh my God. That is a stunning amount. So this game is a landmark game. This game is basically the D&D game we've kind of always wanted to an extent at least this it's it's kind of stunning that it exists adam talk to us a little bit you two just go back and forth. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves well i mean it's it is a tour de force it's absolutely incredible the breadth of what they have considered is astounding like so many video games especially ones where they like try and claim hey your choices make a difference um or the the classic the meme of everybody liked that um and you find out that mm-hmm. you didn't really change much of anything. But in this one, it's astounding just how many different possibilities the game has accounted for. Like even like obviously, Matt, you and I haven't really spoken about our respective playthroughs, but just talking to Simon in that we started out basically on the same path. And then like every few hours, we'll check in with each other and we're playing two completely different games. It, like, it's like it's, yes. it's incredible. Oh yeah, and like the first six hours, all three of us were just like, "Wait, what the fuck are you talking about?" I did it like this. Yeah, like we just started. How could we? How, have, how have we deviated this quickly? far? Um, and or even yeah. just you know, like my solo save file from the run through that I'm doing with some of my friends, drastically different. Yeah, it's it's like it's it's mind-boggling how many different ways you can attack this game and how. Uh, how viable all of it is and it's like it's it's extraordinarily faithful to D, which is just great um it's it but it's also it's also accessible like that was i played divinity original sin 2 and i just i couldn't get a to grips with it and i think it was just a little the interface was a bit too unfriendly this one is it's still there's a lot going on but i feel like it's uh easier to get a handle on matt could probably give a better comparison on that front um but it, like everything is straightforward if you don't know anything about D, you don't need to it can walk you through everything that's important if you know everything about D, it's pretty faithful for almost everything and all of the changes are like better like there's a lot of like the one thing that if i ever do a, a proper pen and paper campaign again i am absolutely implementing which is that if all of your guys if it's your turn several times in a row in the initiative order you can take your turns in whatever order you want which is just amazing like that's so useful um and just yeah it's it's extraordinarily faithful the all the classes play well the fighters are good the um, and you get a, a breadth of companions. I like that everybody, all the major NPCs are interesting. A lot of the minor NPCs are super interesting. Um, and like you get callbacks 
and you can talk to NPCs about other NPCs, which is really cool. You can talk to fucking everybody about everybody. Like when when I was playing on my own, I'm playing as a half orc cleric, and now that I have speak to that, I'm occasionally speaking to a corpse. And but like I was playing with you, Adam, and I was playing as a druid, and I turned into a badger, and then I see like a random like fox in the woods. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I wonder if I can go talk. They have full dialogue. Sometimes they'll tell you to go do stuff. Yeah. Like, I got led to a treasure chest by a frog at one point. It's like, how is this level of... This is basically... Now, this is like... I'm gonna about to curse it as I send it to Matt. I'm about to curse it. This is basically the level of hype and excitement and, like, the le- the bar is raised and all this other stuff. And this is still possible that we all felt in 2015. And we all being everybody except for you two. Uh, about The Witcher 3. Even, like, some things, like, The Witcher 3 came with, in the book, it came with a little thing that said, this is a complete package, there are no microtransactions, we sold you a complete game, which is exactly the same thing you hear about this one. So it's like, man, don't, I don't know if I'm ready to get my hopes up that a studio can't fuck it up again, but, wow, this is good. Matt, you have the most experience because you played Divinity Original Sin, mm-hmm. and you I think you've also played the most of this game. Please, Actually, I think you guys might have passed me. Oh really? Well, I've gone I've gone back to work this week, so if my my game time has sort of um, decreased that, huh? substantially. So you, yeah. we're actually all it sounds like right around the same part. Interesting. Okay, so how does this compare to Divinity, and how is it just hitting you? Um, well, you can definitely feel the bones of Divinity in this, but it's just kind of improved in almost every way. Um, you know, things are less clunky. There's more options. Uh, you know, things just sort of run a little bit more smoothly. It's it's really just like, it just feels like the next iteration. It's just like, well, we took this. Here are some minor problems. We fixed all of them. And here's the new one. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really, it, it, it's really outstanding what they've managed to do. It's one of those games where I find myself... Um, talking more about the problems than the good things but not because there's that many problems or not because there's not that many good things but it's just one of those things where it's like you just have confidence that like literally everything is amazing um and so like you all there's almost more meat to talk about like well you know the inventory management could be a little bit better as opposed to like the hours and hours and hours that you could go off on like all of the amazing things you know yeah. Um, oh, but, uh, yeah. The inventory management know. is a pain in the ass. But yeah, yes. and there there are. But a few I, minor I see problems, exactly but... what you mean. Yeah. Now here's how you solve that problem. What you do is you open up your mod slash cheat manager that you have for other games that you've played. Because like, I think I've talked about this before. If it's a single player game, I don't give a shit. And then you turn off uh, equipment weight, and then the game is just better. <laughs> like, should I feel bad? Maybe should I do the first playthrough? Per- Maybe. But it's just better if I don't have to. Yeah, so, it's their own I mean, fault. That for would be you a so huge problem. I can't. Yeah, and no bag of holding you. the throat in. Yeah. Well, actually, there is one, sort of. Oh really? There's a chest you can get your hand hands on, at one point that uh, fucks with the weight of things you put in it. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, I I have it and I keep forgetting to use it. Um, but yeah, there, it's well, it's I not a real bag it. of holding, but it's sort of like that. <laughs> Yeah, my game is perfect and blissful and wonderful because I can do that. Well, the big thing uh, for me yeah. that, that I find more frustrating is there's a lot of times where where 
the same button or clicking action can do multiple things and the game like not just guesses wrong but guesses stupidly like if i'm Hmm. like so often i'm like there's a clusterfuck of enemies and I'm trying to click on the one I want, and I click like a pixel to the left, and my and Carlock swings at empty air. And I'm like, mm. why? Why would why would you have thought I wanted to do that? I don't think I've ever done that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, every every once in a while, there are you know definitely some like annoying little things. Like when I first got to the Underdark, I basically had to ungroup my entire party and walk them through it one at a time because it was filled with traps and while i was detecting and disarming all of them still like every other trap i would stop and then my party would like walk past me and blow it up and knock themselves off into a chasm um you know there's it you know there are there are definitely some frustrations but like they're just frustrations like momentary little things not like I, I i haven't really encountered any like actual large issues with the game or on the scale of just like well the writing's not good or the character design is better this mechanic doesn't work it's just like it's all little small nitpicky things yeah yeah i think it's like the the thing is that it because we all come from like different sources and different interests and stuff like that but the reason it resonates for everybody is because it pretty much does everything well like i something i've discovered about myself or either i've accepted about myself maybe as i've gotten older is i need the presentation to be good i need what i'm seeing to be believable with what i'm experiencing so i have a hard time playing stuff like driven to any original sin because it's just text boxes i the why do i love bat uh, bioware mass effect i was about to say bass effect um mass effect and dragon age so much because they were the first games that iterated those like cinematic type conversations, right? The dialogue. I love that kind of stuff. I could never get into Skyrim. I still haven't finished Skyrim because I found that there just wasn't, it didn't feel meaty. It didn't feel weighty. The presentation, like the depth of that game was remarkable. Obviously I'm not going to badmouth Skyrim, but it in presentation wise, it just didn't meet me where I needed it to be for me to have fun. I had the if exact that same issue any with sense. Skyrim actually. Yeah, but then there's a lot of people who are, and I'm not that you don't appreciate presentation, Adam, but who are more like you. And we've talked about games like Midnight Suns or something, where you'll say this game's good up front. I loved it for the presentation. That's a perfect example game, actually. But you didn't like it because it wasn't deep enough, right? But this game somehow fucking does both, right? Yeah. It's The presentation is beautiful. The conversations are so amazing. And as we discussed, you can have one with a street rat if you want. A literal street rat, not yeah. Aladdin, which was another <laughs> remake, which was kind of okay, Guy Ritchie. But you can actually have a conversation with a rat in the street, and yet it's still deep enough. So it lets people who only enjoy pretty-looking things like me <laughs> enjoy something deep. And it lets people who enjoy deep things but don't always get them get pretty, like you, let them enjoy something pretty. I feel like that was absolute nonsense and yet also made perfect sense. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. I, know, yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone would fault them if this was the kind of game. Um, like, you know, if this looked like Dragon Age and just had a bunch of text boxes, I don't think that would be like a shocking thing. You know, it would just be like, oh, yeah, all of the work went into this other thing. And so this side is just a little bit lighter. You know, that happens sometimes. But like, no, they just they go all in on absolutely everything 
I watched um, a couple of interviews a YouTube channel did with the voice actors for Asterion and Carlac. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, great interviews, by the way. You should check them out. I don't remember the name of the channel, but they were really entertaining. Um, and the the voice actor for Carlac was talking about how her character kind of came together a little bit later in development. So she sort of came in right at the end. She only did she only worked on her character for seven months like oh, seven wow. months of voice work when you know yeah people go in to do a movie over a weekend the voice actor mm-hmm. for astarian worked on this game for four years as a wow. voice actor yeah like they you know i know they had early access so there's you know plenty of that was sort of the model they were going with but um yeah there was no like you know come in we recorded the lines while well, now the lines recorded it's like no no we changed we rewrote how this character is going to work a little bit so we got to get you come back and re-record all this like it was just so finely crafted over such a long period of time and just iterating on everything over and over again it's it's really remarkable and one thing I, like i mean that's really cool one thing that i that you're talking about that just has made jump out to me is that the thing that i find most impressive about the your party members is that their their arcs are done properly like so often when you play a game and actually mass effect was sort of really bad for this like as much as i love all the characters in mass effect um well almost all the characters we won't talk about jacob let me Um, really pay attention to see if i disagree with what you were saying (laughs) um but uh, as much as I love all the characters in Mass Effect, a lot of the time they didn't have any real development until you were sort of in the end stage of their story. Like oh, they're just, okay. this is just the <laughs> character that they are and they don't, and most of them don't really grow or change until you're in like the end game. And like with Tally, you're resolving the issue with the fleet or with Miranda, you're confronting, you know, the elusive men and all that. And apart up until then, like they're great characters, but there's no, there's no arc. There's no growth where this one, like we're in, I'm in what, like the start, maybe the mid of act two. And I've had roller coasters with everybody. Like, Carlac is up and down and up and down. And, like, I've heard... I've only touched on Asterian's story because I don't bring him with me. But he's had a couple of major twists already, too. Like, everybody is... There's just... It's not just, oh, here's this thing they want to do. See if you eventually solve it. It's there's character drama and conflict. And it drives the rest of the story forward. And, and the mm-hmm. characters, like, naturally have conflict with each other. Yes. Like, it's not, again, not to rag on Mass Effect because I love it, but, you know, the characters sort of exist in vacuums from each other outside of a few key moments, right? Yeah. Like, you can exactly. just, I'm going to do this character story, then I'm going to do this character story, then I'm going to do this character story. It's like, these characters come into open conflict against each other, like, early and often. And, like, depending on what you do with one character will, like, severely affect the, the story of the other character. Um, it, it on another point I, I wanted to, to get onto is just like the choices you have this like the choices you make with the characters really matter the choices you make with the story really matter but the number of choices are yes. are crazy you know it's not kind of the Mass Effect thing of like do I have enough Paragon points to like make this decision no <laughs> then I guess like, I'm doing this other thing yeah, yeah. Um, like it's yeah. I make this choice and so now this other thing happens but like maybe I can undo it maybe I can't like there's it's 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 endless um 
I, it remi- this game reminds me of Dragon Age a lot <clears throat> in many ways. And again, not to rag on Dragon Age because I love Dragon <laughs> Age, but there are because there are very big, meaningful decisions that you make in that game. But it tends to be: do you make choice one or do you make choice two? And the way you go through the story is very much just like, well, at this part I made this choice, and then later on I made this choice, and it's sort of a like a, a checkpoint kind of thing, um, where this is just like, all right, here's the situation. Which of the like I don't know, 35 choices do you want to make? Oh, and like each one of them will have its own unique consequences for like 25 different things that are you don't, that haven't even happened yet. Yeah, yeah. What, what also, I mean, I completely agree with everything you just said, of course, but what's also really amazes me is that more often than not, the thing that I, and because d is so open, so it's like obviously they can't plug in everything you could possibly do. But more often than not, because there's so many like dialogue choices tends to be in a conversation, the particular thing that I want to say is an option that they've come around to. And I remember there's a wonderful uh, YouTube channel called Game Makers Toolkit. I've seen it. And they've got yeah. an even more wonderful uh, video called Commanding Shepherd that they all made only a couple years ago. And it's basically like before, I mean, there's kind of like Mass Effect is one of those. I think the Mass Effect uh, Dragon Age double like double whammy was I think really a turning point in RPGs but a big part of both of those particularly Mass Effect was that you weren't just a random like you were in RPGs before like the original Baldur's Gate kind of like you weren't just a completely blank slate right like I'm pretty sure you more or less are in in the Bethesda ones right like in Skyrim you can have a background kind of but nothing like Shepard like Shepard is Shepard and you can do some like guiding here or there some touches and then uh, Dragon Age the world around you is good. I don't think anyone would argue that the uh, the warden in Dragon Age Origins is as strong a character as Shepard. Not even close. Definitely not. And then that kind of worked because they could give you dialogue options, but it was still had the backbone of this really strong character. And then that gets hit out of the park even further. Excuse me. When The Witcher 3 comes in, because it has a ton of options, but you're playing somebody who has two previous games and nine books worth of content of. So you really can't change Geralt that much. There's always some wiggle room, but you're not changing him that much. And that was probably why that story worked. That the fact that this works and that like I'm going through and it's not 100%. I wish obviously that you could plug in a couple more things. But the fact that it works when they know nothing about the headcanon of my character as I'm going into it. And yet I feel like I can correctly express that character and then see where things go based on that is fucking bananas to me how they pulled it off. Like the branches in this game are just incomprehensible. We'll be studying this game in the same way that Elden Ring was like a big and then of course Tears of the Kingdom again this year. Double whammy for open worlds. This game needs to be studied and I like didn't want to get into the discord yet but this is a good time. Uh... Like, I'm sure you guys have seen that, like, pretty much every consumer is like, yes, this is the greatest game ever. But there have been so many game devs, and I'm sure that a lot of them have come out the other way. But so many game devs on Twitter are now X have come out being like, hey, guys, like, don't, like, this is a lot of work. Like, don't expect this. It's like, just because you work for an evil corporation, like, I'm sure you're a good, like, renderer or whatever. But don't be like, this can never happen, because now you're just enforcing this stupid machine that doesn't let this happen. And there's even a really great one is this game dev who made this long post about don't expect this. These guys had tons of time and they also had funding 
from Wizards of the Coast because this is one of the biggest IPs. It's true. It is a large IP, D&D. Although Baldur's Gate, not necessarily, right? Like, it doesn't have D&D in the name. But anyway, and then a, a guy from uh, Lariad commented and was like, what funding? We actually had to, they actually had to pay for the licensing fee. So they just pulled it off through hard work, dedication, and a, an absolute commitment to making a good product. And if you say that's not a sustainable uh, practice, then fuck you. Stop working for Bobby Kotick or whatever the hell his name is with the Blizzard. Especially because like Diablo came out just like a few weeks ago, right? Like similar games. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, the some of the stuff that's been online with this has been super frustrating. Although I think most consumers are pretty squarely on the side of like just not like yeah, you know, like you said, just like fuck off. It's great, you know. It's like. It, it, it really just I can't read it as anything other than jealousy from from of other course. developers where it's just like hey someone did something great and instead of just recognizing it as a great thing that somebody else did you're like wow don't expect us to be able to do that and we're all just like don't worry Ubisoft we didn't think you could do this um, <laughs> yeah. but it's like it doesn't set a new standard it's like there yes it yes it does yeah. like there's no official standards the standards are just whatever has come out yeah you know well, and like, it's, it's like obvious... people said that after the witcher 3 too right like this is gonna and after elden like, ring yeah and, and like, like no it fucking didn't the witcher th- like no it, nothing has come out that's been the witcher 3 since the witcher 3 on except this this is the one um. well yeah then in the rpg genre certainly but i think like i mean we're all kind of talking about it i think you can draw a direct timeline from the last of us one and what like 2013 to the God of Wars that we know and love, right? Oh, like, yeah. And not just because of Sony. Yeah. But because everyone yep. was like, holy shit, video game acting could be like that. And now it's a regular thing. Yep. So, like, this does change the industry for the better when someone actually gives a shit like this. Yeah. And it, it just makes them sound so, like, fragile. Because it's like, do I actually reasonably expect every video game, no matter how pure their intent, to be as good as this? No. Not every movie that comes out is the Godfather. You know, people do their best and sometimes it turns out just okay. You know, but it's like we don't need every video game to be a literal like once in a generation masterpiece. That's just not going to happen. But what is possible and what we do want is it to come just feature complete, relatively like unbroken and just like you know not no microtransactions or you know or at least a lot less than we usually get and just like actual respect as consumers yeah like you gotta hope that if if either this game or tears of the kingdom came out in one year like maybe it would be possible to ignore but the double whammy that this i think is going to do to the industry and it's good because they're in entirely different genres right but really only nintendo is consistently put in only first party Nintendo because you know sometimes when they loan their IPs out to places like Game Freak you don't get quality but really like first party Nintendo stuff is the only other place there's never going to be microtransactions on a Mario game they're the only two places so hopefully others will rise up and take note but again we guys have to vote with our wallets which oh my god are we sure doing for this game Oh yeah, and and it's honestly it feels so refreshing to buy the game and just have the entire thing, 
and just own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't have to go look sense. through at, you know, and what they want you to do is like, oh, no, Which I'm like missing out because I have I all these things. Yeah. It's just yeah. like the game is the game. And once you have it, you have it. It's like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. And like, but where do you guys, I mean, we'll talk more about this game as we get more into it. I'm sure we'll have like a spoiler talk on the story and stuff. Right now, it's just like general impressions, which are, of course, very good. But it's kind of a game that I, I think if it went down the Witcher route, that would be the smartest thing for them to do. And the Witcher, they had two DLCs that, first of all, they had a long time uh, of just free updates. And I see no reason why this game couldn't do that, too, right? There's all sorts of extra stuff you could update. All sorts of books that they didn't put in. You don't even have to go past level 12, right? You could just add more shit. I don't think it would be very hard to do. And then The Witcher 3 had two reasonably priced, I think they were both around $20, uh, updates that were, or uh, DLCs that were so significant they were borderline new games. Like, like, like in this case, it's so easy, right? Just a new campaign, yeah. right? So I, I think, even though we're, we're talking about how much we love the game as a complete thing... They would kind of be foolish to do it, and we would eat it up if they continue to have these pro-consumer practices through their DLC. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't mean to say that I don't want DLC. I would love some for this game. It's just nice to have the feeling that the game comes out and they haven't like stripped a big chunk of it away to sell back to you later on for extra. Hello, EA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah. like for twenty dollars you can get you know you can go play an Asterian backstory. It's like, no, if, if they thought that something would benefit the game, it's there. Yeah. It's, it's real. And like, yeah. honestly, like, obviously they're not listening to this podcast, but if they, like, cause I heard that they're like the, the and I think we said that someone, I think Matt, you said this in the chat that they had, can't, they didn't want to do higher level 12 because the higher level spells are just broken. Which like yeah, that's what it's like in real D and D too. Um, but if you like, if you want to do that, fine. Then just it, when when I hit the, just don't let me go over twelve in a single class. You have multi-classing already. If I want to play that long, yeah. just make me be a barbarian wizard ranger rogue paladin. Um, a true polymath who could do anything. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and that's. So uh, that that's sort of just an easy way to do it if you if you just want to say we can't give you access to the higher level abilities because they just break the game wide open. I'm like, fair enough. I understand that. I don't need them. <laughs> just uh-huh. let me let me go wide if you don't want to let me go deep. Um, or like one thing that I think that would be really cool is if you could just just start another character. Like just have your person and be like, okay, congratulations, you've hit level twelve. You are now adding this noob to your party. Yeah. Um, just have a rookie to yeah. go along with you. Your job is to keep them alive. Somehow. Hmm. Yeah. There's an idea. I do want to say, by the way, since I talked about Mario, and I don't want to forget about the important other news, but uh, Charles Martinet today announced that he's stepping down as the voice of Mario. Oh, wow. In Mario for uh, as long as there's been a Mario. People have pointed out already that it's kind of fitting that um, his last role was actually in the Super Mario movie where he says, look at my... Because he plays Mario's dad. So he says, look at my boys. That's his last line as Mario's dad in the movie. And then he has a... He's jump man guy because it's a guy who just jumps. And so he does do an iconic uh, wahoo. So he gets that. It didn't seem clear to me. I don't know if people have dug this up. I haven't been on Twitter in the last couple hours. 
if he was stepping down by his own choice so that voice kind of sounds like it's hard like he does mario luigi waluigi and wario so maybe those voices are just hard on the voice as he gets older uh, or if nintendo was like we're trying to do something new we want to have a new generation but either way they gave him a job he's a an official mario ambassador and he apparently still gets to travel the globe and like do events so that's how to do it if you're going to take away like a beloved voice let's take the equivalent of like an iconic nhl player retiring and then getting a front office job immediately <laughs> basically yeah. yeah right so that's what they did and now he's gonna like retire on a mario pension and me or uh yeah nintendo pension maybe it's like a thank you because I don't know how consistent the paycheck voice work is. Maybe you wanted something more consistent. Who knows? I don't know if they had him on retainer. Fuck, I don't know. I feel like he's been to a Comic-Con or two. So good for him. And there's going to be a new generation, and uh, they're going to have a new Mario. And that's fine. He did, he did good. Now his watch has ended. Do you guys, I mean, I'm be shocked if you did. Did you have any strong Charles Martinet feelings between the two of you? Or is it just like the guy who's always been there? It's like, yeah, that's Mario. There yeah, you go. That's Mario. It's going to be weird for that. It's like Batman's going to be weird now. Yeah. I I don't think, no disrespect to Charles, they're not quite on the same level. But yeah, when a big character always leaves. Um, So maybe just so we don't go on forever. We've gone for about an hour here. And I know we're going to have more Baldur's Gate to talk about in another episode. Shall we move on to trivia? I think we yeah, shall. All right, uh, Adam, you have a backup trivia in case this one doesn't go too long. I feel like it might. It's one <laughs> question, um, but it is a bit of a doozy. Uh, and I think it's going to be one of the easiest ones for our friends out in the audience to play along uh, with you guys. So uh, I should have tallied up the possible points here. Whatever. Uh, I'm not going to worry about it because everything's made up on the points that matter. <laughs> would you kind? Would you kindly, between the two of you, give me, you know, every MCU movie in release order? Oh my god! Oh jeez. Okay. <clears throat> so what I'll are give we considering you a full the point. When is the start? I'll get the start of the MCU. The so that's Hulk, the original. Hulk. The Hulk, I'm assuming. Yes. Well, on this time, I'm assuming this timeline is correct, but I think you're right. Did the Hulk come out first? Because they have it I think uh, so. ahead of Iron Man on this one. Yeah, I, I believe up. the original it, Hulk it was, movie is the first one. Yeah, it was the Cinderella live-action remake of the MCU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Let me get... And this picture is inaccurate, so let me... Uh... I believe so, at least, anyway. I don't want to okay. look it up and check now, but... Yeah, exactly. We can't yeah, look. No, no, We're not going to look it up. But... Uh, No? No? You're incorrect. There's something really? else. Was it so Iron here Man? I have here I have the months. It was Iron Man. So okay. I'm going to give you a. So we'll count that as the Hulk. I'm going to give you a half a point, which I probably won't add up. So I'll give you a half a point. Here we have the ground rules. Let me start from the beginning. Okay, yeah. Start. What are the rules? Q internally the Regis Philbin, uh, who wants to be a millionaire, uh, moment right do, here. Do, 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 do. For every for every movie that you list, I will give you a half point if you have the movie right. But so I'm I'm actually gonna go back to the original list since clearly it's correct. Uh, if you have the movie right, but not in the phase. So I also want to know when the phase breaks are. Movie right in the correct phase, but not in the correct order. You get a half point, and if you get it in the full order, you do get the full point. Okay. With a bonus right. point we, for we get to exactly. <laughs> yes, in between which movies do the phases split? Okay. 
So we've established the first one was Iron Man 1. Yes. Okay. So then we're going to say Hulk? I think. Yes. That was my guess. So yeah. that's uh, one and a half points because you knew that Iron Man won. Well, I mean, I guess I, I could give you a half weight for both of them, but whatever. I'll just give you uh, 1.5 points so far. Yep. Okay. So if Iron... What came after Hulk? What came after Hulk? By the way, two years later, pretty big gap. After Hulk? I don't think you'll ever, for, your, for the rest of your life, will you see. No. Uh, hmm. I actually. But Thor is in the haze. So, okay, so that's half a, half a point. point for that. I'm gonna. G I actually think this is a weird one. I think it's Iron Man two. It is. Yeah. Oh. Iron Man two. Never mind. This point system makes no sense. Because then, what do I give you for Iron Man two? Even though you technically got it out of order. Yeah. So whatever. Just imagine that you get a half point <laughs> if you get yeah. the order wrong. So uh, yes. So Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man two, then uh, then Thor, and then next was Captain America. Captain America. Yep. The All first right, Avenger. Good. Next. Okay. Okay, when does phase one end? What's the last movie of phase one? I don't think that's what's next. I'm just trying to get our timelines. Because phase two ends yeah. with what? Endgame? Yeah, I think so. If, well, phase one would have ended with the first Avengers. Right, phase one, of course. Phase one ends with the first Avengers. So just who were the original Avengers? Iron okay. Man, Thor, for the, Hulk, for what it's, okay, yeah. Captain America. Hawkeye, Black Widow. They didn't have movies. Hawkeye, Black Widow, but they didn't get theirs. Yeah. Is that it? I feel like that's it. Uh, yeah. So the question is, did did anyone else get a sequel? Did anyone else get a sequel Avengers? before the original Avengers? Movie? I don't think so. Iron Man three is post Avengers because that's the whole trauma. So it's not that one. Yeah. Was, nobody um, remembers Thor two. That's the problem. Um, but I. I can't. But well, Thor two was all about one of the Infinity Stones, which I feel like was not a thing until after the Avengers. Good point. Okay, so, so then, I think that's after the Avengers. Captain so America Two, I'm pretty sure, was also after the Avengers. So then it might it, just be the Avengers. It, okay, we'll just go with the Avengers. Correct. It is the Avengers. That's the next movie. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Avengers, are the next one on the list, and that's the end of Phase One. That's the end of Phase. Okay, I didn't right. want to say it for you. <laughs> just confirming. Yeah. That is the end of phase one. Correct. Okay. Phase and then, two. So what's the next phase one? two? What's um, the first movie in phase two? What did we kick off with? Because what phase are we in now? Four? I Yeah, I don't know. Or four just ended and I think we're now in five. Four was okay. kind of amorphous. Okay. Um, okay, right yeah, off the bat, after questions. Avengers, was it more sequels or was it movies for new characters? It's a great question. If you think I'm going to give you any hints, then you're you're <laughs> wrong. Because I, I don't want to be here forever, <laughs> and you guys are still lame with the thing. I feel so. like it was sequels. I, I kind of feel like it might be Thor two. Incorrect. But Thor two was in this phase. In phase two. Yeah. Was it? Was it Iron Man three? It was Iron Man 3. Yes. Ah, okay. Yeah, they really got them out of the way okay. quick. Okay. Yep. There we go. So in the first seven movies, Iron Man had three of them. Yeah. Okay. So is, is Thor 2 the next one, or are we still missing something? Thor 2 is the next movie. Okay. 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 So after Thor 2, is it Captain Cap America 2? Captain, Captain, America, here Captain America 2? Maybe the best year MCU has oh, ever had. Yes. Uh, Captain America is the first movie in 2014. So we've okay. got to be getting around to Guardians of the Galaxy. 
And then Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. That's the other movie in 2014. What a fucking year that yeah. was for the MCU. Crazy. Okay. Right. All right. Next next movie. After Guardians 1, it was... Okay, so we've done all the Iron Man movies. Ragnarok's not till later. Yeah, I think Ragnarok and Civil War it, are still a couple ways out. Are we... Is it Avengers 2? It is Avengers 2. The full name is Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. I still maintain is criminally underrated. Um, I think it's actually, here's the super fucking hot take for you. I think it's aged better than the first one. You know what? It, this, I think it's, it's got a, a little more nuance. It's so the a first one is just like, look at all these fucking people. This is a different show, but I agree with you. <laughs> uh, we we could talk about that in another episode because I totally agree with you. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Avengers: Days of Ultron. What's after that? Is it? Is it right? It this can't be really right. They started the to do War, lots of different it? things. Is oh, there, uh, wait, where's there's Black, more time in between Panther? the big when's team up one? ones. When's that one? Is, that's is after there... Civil War, that's because after... he debuted in oh, Civil right, War. Oh, right, of course, he debuted in Civil War. Yes, right, so that's later. So what phase are you in? We're in, still in phase two. Okay, so you know that phase two is not over yeah. after Age of Ultron, which I thought would trip you up. No, phase yeah. two is not over, no. So I, you are correct that there remains a movie in phase two, because you know that Feige likes to have these big Avengers movies, and then to slip in... A, a more lighthearted oh, movie. Oh, Ant Man. Um, Ant Man. Ant Man. Yes. Very good. Okay. Yes. And then after Ant Man is the phase break. Yeah. Right. Something random. So now um, we're in phase. Now three. we're in phase three. This one ends with Endgame. So we know the last two in this yes. one are Infinity War and Endgame. Unless they really be something close them, to Captain America so. 2? No, we already did Captain America 2, didn't we? Yeah, we already, oh, did, already we? did Captain yeah. America 2. So, oh, shoot. So, Civil War's in here. Black Panther's in here. Um. Oh, sorry. I was thinking Civil War. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. Yes, but what is What's the, the first, first movie, movie of Phase 3? Phase 3, phase three looking back at it, how do we ever doubt that this okay, is so the Okay, so in the series, this we're like, getting close so to... I don't think it's Guardians 2, but... We're getting around there. It's like Guardians 2, Civil War. Um, How Black many movies Panther. are in Phase 3, Simon? I can't tell what's you guys thinking and what's me losing internet. <laughs> How many movies are in Phase 3? A lot. Just for fucking guess of movies. <laughs> All right, I'm well, going to guess. Well, we're trying to get them in order, so I want to know how many we should be gathering. <laughs> I'm not trying to do you any favors. I'm going to guess Civil is, uh... War. Civil War, yeah. Take okay. a stab. There you go. Right. Civil, Civil War, War is correct. Okay, Civil War. Does Black Panther follow it immediately? It has to be close. I could see Guardians 2. I feel like it's either Guardians 2 or Black Panther. Neither one of those things. Oh. Really? Okay. Is it Ragnarok? Right. So, it's not Ragnarok either, yeah. although that's also a Phase 3 movie. Okay. I will say, there's you're missing two movies, actually, between Civil War. Oh. And, well, actually, you're missing... Actually, there's, let's put it like this. There are four movies between Civil War and Black Panther. Oh, And there's okay. two things you're forgetting. There's, you're forgetting another major character, someone who is one of the biggest, uh, most important remaining current Avengers. Actually, I would say two of the biggest, most important remaining current Avengers, 
had movies in here, as well as Black Panther wasn't the only person to debut in Civil War. Put oh, yourself back we in got, 2016. We got Spider-Man and Doctor Strange in there somewhere. Right. Exactly, yes. yes. Which one came first? Doctor Strange, I think? Doctor Strange, Doctor yes. Strange. I couldn't put out Spider-Man immediately after he was in Civil War. Come on! Yeah. You just got him back from Sony. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so Spider-Man, so, and then I'm going to guess Doctor Strange. Reverse no, that. The other Doctor, Doctor Civil Strange. War, and oh, then sorry, Doctor yes. Strange, 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 then and then, yeah. and then yeah. something, and then Spider-Man. Oh, there's so you guys another are, one. You're completely something. fucked on order now. Yeah. Yes. So have we have we said the movie that we're missing? Don't think so. Okay. Okay. Which okay. character? It's a sequel, though. Oh, it's a sequel. It's a sequel. Oh, Guardians two. Guardians two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Volume two. Okay, so Guardians two, then Spider Man. Uh, the first then one was Spider Man. Uh, far from no. What's the first homecoming. one? Home- homecoming. 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 First, yeah, homecoming, then far from home, then no way home. Um, okay. Yes. So, okay, so then we have Spider-Man. Then another major Avenger that you haven't discussed in a while. Then another. Ragnarok? So reimagining. Yes, Ragnarok. Yeah, then, then now okay. it's Ragnarok. Okay. And then. Now you're into a cluster. Now you're into a movie that you've mentioned several times. Now Black Panther? Now Black, now Black Panther. Panther. Okay, so you've okay. got through that group of six movies that you really... That was difficult. Yeah. You didn't remember the order. It's not of even the hardest ones. part yet. Yeah. I know. No. It's going to get the, harder uh, from here. So this is the only hint I'm going to give for this section. Okay. So the, re- the remaining phase three is five movies. I, th- I feel like you're only thinking of two movies. Okay. Well, there's five of them. Well, we know okay, what two so of them are. Both of the Avengers and then yeah. Ant-Man 2 is the last one. Or no, sorry, it was in between. It was in between. Which which order? What comes after Black Panther? We we don't know that yet. <laughs> we're we're working backwards. Okay. I don't know. I know in reverse order it ends Endgame, Ant Man Two, Infinity War, but uh, we got to get there first. Um, yeah. So after uh, Black Panther, it's also shoot. it's only it's only three movies you just said. I told you five. Movies. I know. No, that's I what know. We're saying is we we okay, don't know what the other good. two are. We know what we know those You're three. And I know how to finish it off. I don't know how to get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Except you're wrong about how to figure this off, by the way. Oh, really? Shoot. <laughs> is it, no, it's it's. Is it Ant Man Two? I've been trying to tell you the entire time. Oh. None of the movies you've mentioned finished Phase Three. What? Really? Okay. What do they consider the end of Phase Three then? If it's not, mm. is it Ms. Marvel? Mm. Or Captain Marvel rather? Well, Captain Marvel is in here somewhere. Captain Marvel is a big movie that you're missing. It is in here somewhere. Okay, so we've now got four of the five movies. There is. There's another movie with another Avenger with a studio that has to legally make movies frequently or else they lose the rights to it. Fox? Fantastic Four? No. Eh, no Fantastic try. Four. Yeah, it's Deadpool? That's not technically part of the MCU, Spider-Man? is it? Spider-Man? Spider-Man 2? Oh, yeah, they came out really close together. That's right, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Spider-Man Far From Home is what finishes Phase 3, right? Oh, you wow. had Endgame. Okay. And then you get hit with the Spider-Man Far From Home, right? Everywhere I go, I see him, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. I thought that yeah. started Phase 4. Okay. So that was... Okay. Yeah, they're pretty sped up, but the Spider-Man ones are actually quite uh, close together. That's right. You're lucky that I'm not giving you the order of the TV shows, too. Otherwise, face yeah, will fuck be a that fucking noise. disaster. Oh, um, okay, I, so I don't think know, I can name him out of order. You know Spider-Man is the last one. Can you go in reverse okay. order? Or then it has any to be sort of game, order? Like, going backwards. Correct. Yep. And then... 
Uh, well, Matt Ant-Man was confident two was, was in Ant-Man between 3. the Avengers, right? Ant-Man 2 is in between the Avengers. So yes. is Captain Marvel, but which came first? I oh. think Captain Marvel. Because didn't Ant-Man think... 2 come out like weirdly close to Endgame? It did, yeah. It was like like two months before it or something, yeah. like that, I think. Uh, it came out weirdly close to Infinity War. Oh. Actually. Oh, okay, oh. so we oh, had okay. that backwards. Okay, so it's yeah. Infinity so, War, yes. then Ant-Man, then Marvel, then Endgame. Yes. Then I mean, Spider-Man. like... It's weird because I have a lot of like emotional responses to these that none that you guys don't seem to have. I feel like I would have done that better in this. I would have done well in this, like Matt does well in like which Pokemon generation. Because I remember watching this, like thinking, <laughs> "Oh my god, what's Infinity War? How's Endgame or how's Ant Man and the Wasp gonna happen?" And then Ant Man when the Wasp wasn't that good, and I was like, "Oh," but that has a like cliffhanger ending. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's so terrible!" Right? They're stuck in the quantum realm because we don't know how that's gonna resolve. So it has to happen before Endgame. And then Captain Marvel came out, and everyone was like, "Oh no." Is she going to ruin everyone's character arc in Endgame? Remember that worry? Yeah. Because she's yeah. so powerful? We yeah. didn't know that the Russos would send her to space for two and a half hours. That was the correct answer. Yeah, it was. So there you go. So phase three in totality. Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man 1, Thor 3, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, Spider-Man. Then is COVID. <laughs> yes. That's the big thing that happened there. The next movie that came out was during COVID. Okay. The only MCU movie to release not just in theaters. Oh, yes, um Black Widow. Black Widow. Right. Very good. The garbage fire. Yeah. And then pretty much the only movie I went to see during like still sort of s- semi lockdownish time was Shang-Chi. Is that next? Yep. Shang-Chi, yep. Okay. Yeah. Shang-Chi is next. First movie that we probably a lot of sales in theaters. And then for a while, the worst rated MCU movie of all time. Little did it know it would probably Eternals? get dethroned pretty quickly. Yep. Eternals. Then what came after Eternal? Movie wise. Um, all I can think of in this time period is Shang-Chi. <laughs> yeah, I'm um man. Put yourself back in 2021. Okay, we have December of 2021. We have sequels. We all lost our fucking minds about this movie. Love and Thunder, rather? No. No? In a good way. We lost our minds. Oh. This was for a certain generation of people who grew up with a certain movie. Oh, was it The Last Spider-Man? Yes, this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Seeing Toby and Andrew. Yes. Sorry if that's a spoiler from two years ago. God, I can't believe Spider-Man. That's two years ago. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Spider-Man uh, was, was next. Next movie. up. Um, uh, Doctor Strange 2? Doctor Strange right. 2. Holy smokes. Yeah. It's been a while since you got one, like, right off the hip like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that and was pretty good. Now is it Thor? Now it's Thor. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Hey, yeah. we got two in a row. <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. It being more recent definitely does help a bit. Uh, and then what was the last movie of phase four i know that's me helping you out a bit but we've been here a while i it was another one that felt weird like it didn't really actually conclude anything yeah um shoot this is not a trick question and thor was the last one right it's not a trick question okay no. and this movie yeah you're correct it we, we we all saw it and we all were like that was a good movie but like why was it the one that ended there was nothing that felt oh, oh um about black it. panther 2 Black Panther. Oh, right, of course. Yes. That's right. 
and then it ends, and then there was a stark transition to the movie that maybe one or both of you guys still hasn't seen. Oh. I think the only one I haven't seen is Ant-Man 3. So is Ant-Man it Ant-Man 3. Yeah, that was, I yeah. haven't seen that either. Um, Quantum Mania. And then after that, there's only been one Marvel movie. What is it? This year. What Marvel oh, movie came out this year? We've done all the Spider-Mans. This should be easier. <laughs> this should be. This should be very easy. Just recently came out on Disney+. Plus. It's a, a new character? Nope. In Sequel. fact, it's the end of an era with characters we probably will never see again for... Guardians 3. Oh, Guardians 3. Guardians 3. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. right. you go. Guardians 3 is the most current movie in phase five and we know what's going to happen up until the end of 2024 it looks like and now apparently there's been rumors that uh secret wars which we've known about for years uh is going to be a soft reboot i think they'd be insane if they didn't yeah and i think they need to go back to the pace that they had yeah i feel like it's getting kind of unwieldy and wide and uh yeah yeah, getting it back to like the first couple avengers levels um would make it significantly easier to follow because i feel like that's the main criticism at this point yeah it's too big yep agreed well okay well at 90 minutes and almost uh almost 11 p.m adam i don't know if we need to do your thing but <laughs> you'll get me out of having to record having to find new trivia for next time yeah i'm already, yeah I'm, I'm locked and loaded there perfect okay well there you go that's the entire phase i figured that'd be fun it was maybe more uh i i i is it rude to say I thought you guys would be better? But maybe it's because I latch on to different things. Like, Phase that's two tripped me. me up more than I yeah. I thought it would. I, I, I did. We did way better with the end than I yeah. thought we would. I mean, obviously, it being the last few years helps. But um, I have no sense yeah, of Yeah, I, I thought so. I had a better handle on that, to be honest. Yeah. The, the beginning is iconic because there were, like, no movies. But then that middle is real tough. And then the ending, obviously, you have the recency bias. It makes it a little easier. Yeah. There you go. So let's be honest. We're all going to stop here and we're going to go back to watching or to playing Baldur's Gate. Actually, that's not true. We'll go back to playing Baldur's Gate right now. But the thing I should say is I'm going to go see Blue Beetle tomorrow. I won't even try to pronounce. I think it's Cholo, Jolo. I I, don't, I, I need to watch an interview with him to understand. I believe the... Holo. Holo? Okay. I, I heard so. in a review think... they called him I... Cholo. I could be a thousand percent wrong in this, but I believe X in Spanish is huh. Okay, well, someone please hit us up on our Facebook page. Haven't hawked that in a while. Facebook.com slash Nerd to the North Podcast. Come tell me tell wrong, us how please. to pronounce. Yeah, tell <laughs> us how to pronounce that actor's last name. Either way, he's a remarkable young actor. He's amazing in Cobra Kai, which has become one of like my ultimate guilty pleasure shows. I never even really watched any of the Karate Kid movies as a kid. And now I'm like hooked on Cobra Kai. Movie's gotten good reviews. Seems like it's generic, but it's got a lot of heart. Those tend to be my favorite type of movies. I put Shazam in that category, too. So maybe I'm going to love it. I hope I will love it because I'm just going to be show up and support my boy. And that'll be me. So next episode, I'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Baldur's Gate. Hopefully we'll all be at Act 2. Adam will probably have finished the game at that point because he has the most free time. Is there anything I'm missing? Anything that we didn't talk about that you guys need to get out in the last 10 seconds here? No, I think that's it. No, I'm all good. Looking forward to seeing Barbie a third time and going to see Oppenheimer <laughs> tomorrow out fucking standing okay with that everyone out there have a great week have a safe week we will see you next time